0: In every generation, there is a chosen one. She alone will stand against the vampires, the demons, and the forces of darkness. She is the Slayer. Back to another deep dive into the files of Saturday Morning Confidential for part two of our Buffy anniversary episode. Uh, I'm sure you all heard on the first episode how much Buffy means to me, and I'm just gonna keep screaming about it. So, like many franchises of the time. Buffy, Charmed, those kinds of things, even Smallville, have a massive extended universe that is canonical and non-canonical that spans video games, comics, and novels. And so I could not think of two people better to come on to talk novels and extended universe than Steph and Meg from the Judging Book Covers podcast. Both of you, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thank you.
0: Why don't you each introduce yourselves and just tell everyone at home a little bit about yourself and uh, what your kind of earliest memories of Buffy was. That's a good one.
1: Megan, do you want to go first? No, you go ahead. Okay. All right. So I'm Stephanie. Um, I do judging book covers with Megan and also with Ollie this year. New. Um, we have a third co-host. It's awesome. Uh, let's see. We've been doing the podcast for like five years, is
2: it? Four yeah, we just years? hit five years. That's crazy. Yeah. Like...
1: Congratulations. Congratulations. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Let's see. Earliest memories of Buffy. I remember I was in middle school, and a friend of mine, Elizabeth, You have to watch the show. The show is amazing. So, the first episode <laughs> I ever saw was the, um, the Ink and Mummy Girl in season one. <sighs> Great yeah. episode. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Great right. episode. And I was hooked. <laughs> so hooked. Like, oh, I loved that show. Like, I it just gets me every time like I've rewatched it a million times I have not like I've read the the comics which we're gonna talk about um but I I haven't like reread them as nearly as much as I've Mm rewatched the show like I went to oh for sure god I can't remember the name of the place we went somewhere I went somewhere in New York for trivia for Buffy themed trivia and I think I got like second place essentially by myself because the person I was with didn't, does not, did not know Buffy. <laughs> of course. And I was like, you course, know what? I fucking won. Because the people in first place were like, six of them.
2: <laughs> Oh, yeah. You, like, yes, that's fair. Yes. It
1: was awesome. It. <laughs> and then there yes. were, they, of course, they played uh, once more with Feeling after, and it just turned into a sing-along. You, so. ha-
0: you have absolutely. to. You have yes, to.
2: Absolutely.
1: It was wonderful. <laughs> uh, Megan, I you.
2: I really have been trying to remember what my earliest Buffy memory is, and I truly don't know when I started watching. Like, I know I didn't watch at the beginning, but Mm -hmm. I don't remember when I jumped on. I want to say it must have been in the middle of season two, um, because I do remember season one being entirely new to me at one point. Um, That being said, um, Buffy was like such my thing and i had and still have uh one of the best friends in the entire world going on 20 something years now um who we would literally sit on the phone together and watch buffy yes. and talk <laughs> and the um one of the girls he dated in high school got so pissed because um the Like, that, she could not call him during that time. That was our time. Like, we were spending time with Buffy. Um, I love it. And then I I remember washing the dishes and watching the end of season five and having to sit Uh down at the dining room table or the kitchen table and just sob. And I think it's, like, Mm -hmm. the first thing I truly cried my eyes out at just... Uh, yeah and yeah so Damn. yeah Buffy fan I, as problematic as it is mm-hmm. still still mm-hmm. to this day
1: I totally forgot that I used to also watch episodes with Elizabeth we watched the season <laughs> 2 finale together and we're both like I mean they're gonna Willow's gonna fix Angel it's gonna be fine they're gonna be together it's gonna be great it's gonna end oh up yes. you know devastated 7th yes. or 8th graders or how however, however old we were at the end of that <laughs>
0: I, it was really funny I grew up evangelical so Buffy was a big no-no in my house oh, no. um, and but my best friend from church actually uh, that I met later in high school like after we graduated and I hung out way w- more with her it was about the time like season six was coming out on DVD and so it was like because it took like two years to get a season of, of a show out on DVD and okay. so of course I that was the actually the first season I watched start to finish uh, on on the DVD and then we did seven um and so that was kind of my first introduction and then i went back obviously and watched through all of it with i think once more it's feeling was probably the very first buffy episode i ever watched just because being a musical theater kid that's fair it was a thing we sang it all the time in the car together it's um, a great way to start
1: but, <laughs> it it was is. a great
0: way to start but then it like heavily coded my just because like the idea of like Willow and also everybody being others. Like, yeah. just, it just, it it's so imprinted on me so much that I just loved it and it just kind of voraciously became a huge part of my personality, uh, which then added like Doctor Who many years later. Like, it just was that of kind of obsession. Like, <laughs> even to the point that the first um, non anime convention I went to was Dragon Con, where I did the Once More with Feeling Shadowcast as Xander. Um, and <laughs> so which cool. just. I some of the best memories so Buffy just means so much to me Um, and that was about the time that you know because the show had ended and I was like I'm mad that the show ended just as I'm like falling in love with it so like what do I do and that's when you would be able to walk into your borders or Barnes and Noble and there would just be shelves and shelves and shelves and shelves of books from franchises and so I kind of started pouring through a lot of these books. Um, to kind of add to my, well, I don't have any more new Buffy, so let's add some of these things. Um, so what what was kind of some of your first entryway for both of you into that idea of an extended universe or stories beyond what we were able to watch on TV of Buffy? Well, I know that's a harder <laughs> question,
2: probably. I guess, like, it, it, both of us would have gone the traditional route, which was Angel um mm-hmm. you know because that is the first extended universe
0: true absolutely true yeah canonical. And, yeah.
2: yeah um which is again like actually talking about it earlier i had a friend say that you know he wanted to rewatch buffy and angel i actually don't like i'm gonna try there's like a sweet season in there that i know i can watch mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. then that's like it but like season one hurts because you know the actor who played Doyle's committed suicide yeah. and then mm-hmm. um it's yeah. really hard because the actor who played Lauren has passed yes. um, so like Angel just really and then it's just really hard knowing what happens to Cordelia and what happened yeah. to Charisma mm-hmm. Carpenter. anyways Angel's got a lot of negativity so um yeah. I actually didn't get into I was also not a comics kid so I didn't mm-hmm. get into the extended universe side um, until uh, I think I like, kind of read a summary of what happened in the comics. And now I own some of those as well. I just haven't read them. Um, but the novel, the Slayer novel um, that came out a couple years ago was the first one. Um, I'm trying to find the exact title of it. But that's when it was like, okay, so this is like after the world has been rid of magic and I was like what (laughs) so I think that was the point I went and just like deep dived into the old comics but I love that yeah but you read them
1: yeah I mean I did I did keep up with Angel I did really like Angel I have tried in the past to do a Buffy Angel rewatch like you know follow the WB schedule and you know because you know you have a couple crossovers I kept up with it a little bit, but I never, like, saw it all the way through. Because oh. um, you're, you're definitely right. And even before, all, I knew all the stuff about Joss Whedon. Um, mm-hmm. Even just, just knowing what happens to Cordelia's character, period. I was always super, mm-hmm. super pissed about that. <laughs> because yeah. I loved watching Wesley's arc through the show. And she mm-hmm. also had a great arc. She, you know, And then it just kind of, mm-hmm. like, slammed down. And, like, yep. it's very frustrating. Yeah. Um, Actually knew someone who said that Angel was the show was better than Buffy. That's my ex. No. The, yep. The, no. yep. <laughs> no. No Megan. I mean, red flag.
2: Red flag perhaps, number one. That is a yep. huge red flag. Yeah. Well, we're divorced <laughs> now, so <laughs> done. I will say that is a great great theme song.
1: Oh my god, oh, yes. It's a banger. It's so absolute good. Absolute yes. it's so good. <laughs> that we're going to give it. Although, yes. the uh, yeah, theme song absolutely. Yes. Always, like puts me in that, yes. like, oh, in the right headspace. Yes. Like, in a good headspace. Mm-hmm. Yes.
2: yes. Always <laughs> just banging my head. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, I don't remember how I found out that they were doing a season eight in comic book form mm-hmm. um it was definitely after the trades were out so i got the trades mm-hmm. started following them i'm not good at keeping up with like weekly i'm not even good with keeping up with monthly comics like saga mm-hmm. saga is back mm-hmm. monthly and i'm yes. behind already it just started so in just get February. The trade? <laughs> i know yeah <laughs> we're good right. just, wait, not, for yeah. right. yeah. just right. wait for the tra- trade absolutely because i tried i yeah. tried it with buffy and i think i had like three of them and i was like i'm just gonna wait i'm dead. Um, But I really liked it because I just loved that it continues on where it left off with all these Mm -hmm. slayers awakened across the world. Um, And obviously, like, you can do more in comic book form because Mm -hmm. you don't need the budget to, you know, CGI a dragon or, you know, some crazy fight scene. Or Dawn as a centaur. like exactly. (laughs) Yes, or the Mechadon, like the the robot Dawn, the giant Mm -hmm, robot Dawn. Yes. You you could tell in
0: those comics that they felt a specific way about Dawn, or honestly, now that I've worked on a show, like acted on a TV show with her, that people felt a specific way about Michelle <gasps> Trachtenberg, oh. and it's just all there in that season eight comic, like, I liked it, I was just like, oh. I know people didn't like Dawn, but like, Oh, I get it now. I totally get it. Y'all are saying a whole lot of things about her.
2: <laughs> okay, now I understand. Because I actually, like, I understand Dawn. Dawn makes sense to me. Um, yeah. Whether or not she's a good character. Eh, but I she makes sense. Yeah. And, she does make sense. Um, like, that's the thing that always bothered me. Everybody's like, oh, she's a terrible character. And I'm like, you're confusing disliking a personality.
1: Mm-hmm. And... Mm-hmm a terrible character she's not a terrible character she's a fucking Mm -hmm. fantastic character right and Mm -hmm. kind of realistic like she finds out she's fake like she's a key her mother dies Mm -hmm. her sister dies oh she's gonna have some issues she's not just gonna like skate on through everything here no no well, and they did do a nice
0: job of literally making, I mean, even the very first moment that we see her and we're as confused as Buffy is because we also just yes, did that that shit yes. Dracula episode, <laughs> which is one of the best cold opens of a season yeah. ever. Um, also, just because it was like, okay, because we had just come out of season four, which was not oh. great compared to season three. I, poor Riley never had a chance, oh, but like Riley. Jesus Christ, like Jesus oh. Christ. I, I got what they were trying to do. We got some great episodes in there, yes. like Beer Bad, but like.
1: I really love, we, okay, I love but, Beer Bad, okay. and so many people yes, hate I that episode, too. and I get so no, mad. it's, oh, such, a, well, it's okay. such
0: a good episode.
2: I, okay, I do have, there are some things about it that do it does make me angry. It's a good episode, but there's some things that now that I've recognized.
0: Oh, yes. I can't
2: unsee yeah. it. Like our mm-hmm. discussion about how uh, curly hair equals bad. Yes. Uh, yeah, that was so incredibly. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And then also, just like that late 90s, early aughts punishment of things that are not evil, like mm-hmm. enjoying alcohol. Or having a beer is not inherently evil. Having the sex, having premarital sex is not inherently evil. So, like, I loved it originally, but now just having that moral compass Mm -hmm. shift, it just is like, I want to shake things.
0: Well, I I didn't rewatch every episode because even though I gave myself like four months to do it, there's just with life, I couldn't do it. And I really got to a point, like, there's a point in season two where, like, looking back, I go, why did we not see these big joss shaped red flags the whole time? Like, the whole morality and virginity thing with Angelus Mm -hmm. and his soul, Mm -hmm. like, so gross now. And just a lot of the things with Riley and Buffy being a college student, like, the whole carnal house episode like just it was one of those things that's like okay like why can't these all be the funny halloween episodes where anya's a funny you? <laughs> like what? you know it, like so we did get some good moments but like the idea of adam was weird and the professor like grooming buffy was weird and like there's just yeah. season four it's like season two and season four really rough just for those reasons of like oh these are mm, i see some gross stuff in here and it's uh the, the angel thing i can only Really go back and watch season five once Harmony and Spiker are on, <laughs> on in L.A. Because they were also just like, we don't know what to do now. We're probably getting canceled. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Let's just have fun with this. <laughs> and when it became, you know, it became a Betty cop show at that yeah. point. So like season yeah. five of Angel is really the only one I can rewatch. Um, okay. But... Thank
2: you. Because I'm like, at some point, I know that there's like, I love Fred. I love all of them. And for me, I'm like, I feel like that's the entire show. But I can never get past season one. So mm, yeah. I'm gonna try, I'll try season five and maybe I'll start back up a little and yeah. then like, but
1: yeah. I think the last I think the last no, time it, I tried the Buffy Angel rewatch, I think I got as far as when Connor shows up and I was like, he showed oh, no, up at the I, end yeah, of that that's episode the point. and i was like, uh-uh. nope. I'm yeah. done because I know mm-hmm. what's gonna happen. Yep.
2: <laughs> it Talk breaks.
0: A toxic demigod, I can't do it. It
2: breaks my heart that the first time i ever saw i'm totally blanking on her name i was hoping if i stalled enough i would remember uh the actress who plays connor's kid with cordelia question mark is that what happened
1: oh yeah the adult is it jasmine gina rodriguez Thank you. Yes. Uh,
2: Gina Rodriguez. That is my introduction to Gina Rodriguez, one of my absolute favorite actresses nowadays. But every so often, I'm like, that's what I first saw you in. Me too. Yeah. Me too. (laughs) What? (laughs) Like, I joke, like, I don't know how much you guys watch Riverdale, but I fucking love Riverdale. First of all, Alex and I are now like actually going and talking about releasing a podcast about it. because Please
0: just... do it. Please do it. It's so bad shit. You have it to.
2: It is. And like, I don't know how caught up you are, um, but I,
0: I think I'm back in season two. Like, okay. I'm, so I'm, legit, I'm... as long as you
2: know, if you have watched any of it to know who the characters are. Oh, Yes. I will tell you what happened up to the end of, like, I will tell you what you need to know to start season six. What season six drops on Netflix, Rivervale is the best six episodes of TV I have seen in a very long time. That's the one with Sabrina. That's when Sabrina crosses over, right? Yeah, it's just like a brief crossover. Mm -hmm. So now we're in the, like, post-Rivervale world and surprisingly still really fucking good. Like if I told you what was going on, you'd be like, Megan, I, I question your sanity, <laughs> but I'm not kidding. It's pretty fucking good. It's, I, and I think what it is, is it's, it's Riverdale being coherent rather than mm-hmm. Riverdale of season one and two. Like, I, I feel like at some point the creator's gonna come out and be like, here's my expose on running Riverdale, you're welcome.
0: Well, and he has a deep and long obsession with Archie. Like he wrote oh, a he wrote a play about gay Archie uh, having sex with Kevin when he was at Yale. Like oh, I love it. it. Is a, I love it so much. He, he wrote a play called Rough Magic that you have to read about a dramaturg that can pull characters out of plays like it's (laughs) awful but like Sabrina makes so much sense when you read Rough Magic Uh, but like I loved every minute of Sabrina even when it was questionable but like it is the best kind of trash and I would argue we could not have Sabrina like the chilling adventures of Sabrina would never exist without Buffy before it. No. Oh, just because, yeah. like, they, to me, they can exist in the same kind of magical world. I did an episode about Charmed probably about six months ago, and I said I always thought it was a crime when all three shows were on a network that we didn't get a weird, mm-hmm. like, California hellmouth crossover of the exactly. Howie Wells, Wolfram really? and Hart, and the Scoobies. Like, it just seemed, you know, talk about Charmed, which has a huge, like, EU of novels and comics <laughs> as well. Um, but it just felt like there are so many shows today. Even like the Gossip Girls and the Euphorias, that are so many. They're taking their tones from what we all got used to with Buffy. Like there, like there's been psychological, psychology books and things written about how Buffy actually altered how we watch TV as a public. Like even things as like Willow and Tara's kiss, which we never actually saw. The like first like gay kiss on fox but then like it was there and it kind of changed everything and having willow and tara be different than what we had seen and so it's there's so much of buffy that's been coded onto so much that it makes sense that it has the legacy Mm -hmm. um and that there's always talk of like oh it's being rebooted again and it's like is it actually or I, is somebody just bored yeah. and they really want to reboot yeah. Buffy?
2: <laughs> I don't want to reboot Buffy. Buffy like Mm-mm. is like the ending of Buffy. So the things mm-hmm. that I like um, speaking of horror and just amazing remakes, the Scream series, mm-hmm. plus the new charm series do enough respect to call back to the mm-hmm. original. To say Mm -hmm. we exist in the same universe, you maybe never intended this or whatever, but we respect the original. Mm -hmm. That's all Buffy needs. We got an entire Mm -hmm. like, I mean, an entire thing, and like part of me is like, is it just nobody wants to work or you know challenge Joss Whedon? Like, is he gonna? He wouldn't let it go. Um, but you know f- pick a chosen one pick several chosen ones yeah leave buffy out of it she can be a phone call sarah michelle mm-hmm. geller would probably mm-hmm. love to do you know an occasional thing uh you know I, the people who love to make cameos but make it about mm-hmm. a new generation mm-hmm. don't just reboot it the comic the new comic which mm-hmm. i haven't read a ton of but the, the mm-hmm. enough of it that i've read fixes a lot of the errors of the mm-hmm. 90s mm-hmm. TV show. So, like, we don't need someone to do that in TV form. Just continue. Mm-hmm. Make mm-hmm. it your own thing. Gossip Girl calls back to the original in the best mm-hmm. way possible. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's. I
0: almost, again, it's that thing of I love this idea, and they touch on it in one of the, the issues I'm going to bring up later is Fray, which came out just near the end of Buffy, which is the... We had had Buffy comics the whole time Buffy was running through Dark Horse, which then made sense when Dark Horse kind of took the mantle of the season eight through season 11. I think we got it was like season 11 when Dark Horse, because Dark Horse just gave it over to IDW, I think, is doing the new Buffy. They just started the Buffy, the last vampire slayer, um, which is like aging Buffy and aging what has happened after, which I have the first three issues. I have not read them because, again, I was like, I'm really bad at collecting these, but I oh, boom, it's boom. Oh, yeah. boom is so, oh, it's boom is so good because yeah. they're doing the Power Rangers comic right now and it's so good. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, the but bookies, yeah w-
2: It's like nine volumes deep or something. And at this mm-hmm. point, like I was looking at it the other day, being like, mm-hmm. I don't remember when I stopped collecting. So, but yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, and so this idea that like, when it was great, this idea that they did the spell and activating all these girls, but then it went, you know, everybody talked about that there was always a balance and the Slayer was always there to create balance. And when the Slayer becomes unbalanced, the darkness becomes unbalanced. So what does this mean for, okay, we've summoned thousands of Slayers. So what that means for the evil increasing and seeing that with Frey, that idea that like another girl would not be called for like 2000, like a thousand years or something ridiculous, like would not be called for a very long time because the magic was so unbalanced. Um, was, is that idea of it calls back. And then again, when the dark horse comic started, Buffy is thrown to the future and spends, uh, I think six or eight episodes in the future with, uh, with, um, uh, Frey and, uh, you know, I will talk spoilers, I guess a little bit for the comics. I don't know. It's, they've, they've been out like over a decade. Yeah. So I know, you know. how
2: Wait. the originals end. So like, I'm fine.
0: Yeah. Well, and so it's that idea that Willow, uh, Will always forever have that dark magic, and it's something that she will forever battle because she exists so much light, the dark got heavier for her. And so eventually, Willow is the one, she's the big bad in the world again, and she is running all of the vampire syndicates. And so Buffy has to go to the future to fight her, you know. 800 year old best friend who does not age because of magic and so that was one of those it was a nice callback but that idea that we didn't always need a continuity it was that idea of like oh we can exist within this world um and so they've done novels like that uh, tales of the slayer it's one of my favorite kind of anthology series where every chapter is either watcher diaries or slayer diaries from other girls and um it's Real, there. Re- I mean, some aren't great. Some are, but like we, one of them is Robin Woods' mother, who we saw Spike kill. But it's her. Oh, I forget what it's called when they take her Slayer abilities away. Oh, that damn um, test. That, oh, that, that fucking awful test. test. <sighs> but it's it's an it's about her test in the meatpacking district of Manhattan in the nineteen seventies. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh shit! I need to uh, find and, this and it's so i think so my favorite is tales of the slayer volume four it's purple you can get it for like a dollar on amazon or your local used bookstore mine every one of them has a copy of it um but there's also um uh another character which i'll reference soon that from one of the other things i brought to talk about um but like her we talk about her and her um her watcher and then like the 1920 slayer whose watcher sold her out to vampires because he had been turned and she had no idea. And like all of these things are like the, the, the boxer rebellion slayer. Mm. We get a ton of her story in some of these. Um, and, but like we also meet, uh, the slayer from the civil war who posed as a nurse, but was actually fighting out on the, the, um, Uh, On the northern side, because the south was using vampires to sneak into camps at night because of, like, uh, using witchcraft and stuff through, uh, uh, like, their uh, connections with New Orleans and that stuff at the time. And so kind of all of those magical elements to the Civil War that that Nancy Holder and – oh, I'm forgetting one of the other um, awesome (laughs) writers, uh, female writers from – from the Buffy series that kind of wrote all of this extended, like mythos of magic in our world and how it's been affecting. And so there are just all these things, but I think they stopped at volume four of tales of the slayer. All four of them are available, but they're really, really great. That idea of, Uh, an anthology series so kind of getting to what you said Meg was I would if we get another Buffy series or like a world of that I would rather like maybe Sarah Michelle narrates things but I want to see like different aspects of these moments or an anthology series where even if we only spend we get six 90 minute episodes a season and we just get 190 like mini movies about these different slayers and what's happening after or go back in time because again we have we we met the first Slayer like she's from prehistoric Africa so like you know it's these we, that is literally millennia of Slayers that we can like there's Crusade stories and the illusion that uh, Joan of Arc was a Slayer like all of these things that like really hit throughout time or that one of the girls from Salem in the, the the idea of the Crucible one of them is was a Slayer in those those or whether Tichiba was the Slayer kind of those things uh, like all these ideas that they were playing with or that she was assisting the Slayer with with what magic she knew um, and that idea of like coming over into the new world because vampires came first Uh, they were the ones that actually came with the Protestants over and all those things and so that would just be so much more rich to me Mm -hmm. than like pulling like and not all the actors who were sensational actors on the show had a really great (laughs) life after like Nick Nicholas Brennan has been popping in and out of oh rehab God, yeah. for years and just having a rough go of it. And David Boreanaz has not been having a good go of it as a human being. And, you yeah. know, just Allison um, Hannigan, massive star, you know, and just, yeah. you know, there are things that like, I don't want to go back. I think the only other one I really wanted was when they were going to do the Giles, the, the teenage Giles series. Oh, yeah. Let me put you here. here.
2: Okay. No, 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 because, like, you're like, oh, I had four months to rewatch this, and I think both Stephanie and I went, I think we just rewatched all of it in a month. Yeah, <laughs> <actually two weeks. laughs> season one, but oh, yeah. Listen, yeah, I'm so proud of y'all. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a comfort show, and, like, usually when one it of is. us is, like, I'm mm-hmm. in the mood for Buffy, the other's like, yeah, what season are you starting yeah. with? And, you know, we <sighs> hop on. Um, and so, for me, okay, Giles... In the 70s, Mm-hmm. Tom Ripper. Holland, yes, Zendaya, uh-huh. yes, let them shed the like good kid persona of Spider Man. We love them, we love them as Spider Man, and like go be this like demon summoning friends. Get, mm-hmm. I mean, there's so much good talent and just queer it up, diverse it up. Uh-huh and have so much fun with it something. but again i'm guessing that 99 percent of it is that joss we didn't fucking own something Probably. but well, i'm and, and- so like yes give it to me i would watch a ripper series like oh, i made because- a note the other day i'm so fucking busy but i made the note the other day that was like um ripper fanfic i just need to start <laughs> writing
1: Absolutely. Well, yes, please. Yes. yes, please. Yes,
0: please. Yes. Uh, you do it. I will produce it as an audio drama. <gasps> like, oh, I, need yes. it. I need it. Let's do yes. it. Let's absolutely do it. <laughs> well, also, because that idea Anthony Stewart had was like, Giles and Ethan have dated. There is a yes. reason why their hate goes so. Because for me, that was the original Dumbledore and Grindelwald. Mm. Like, oh, Ethan Reign yes. and and Giles. Oh. Mm. I just and also the fact that Anthony Stewart head was like I'm on board as long as we get the queer punk rock 70s Giles that we deserve and I was just like also to know that he's like an incredible trans dad and things too I'm just like you're so good I'm (laughs) so happy I love you
2: let him fucking narrate it let him sit in a booth let him chill let him get back into this character again well I think that was
0: the I think that was originally the plan is that he would come in and shoot some scenes of like him in a library after and yes. then narrate through things. And it, he would still be the focal point, but yeah. that it would be kind of flashing back, which again, I still want it. We can still do it. He is forever handsome and wonderful. Oh, yes, uh, my God. Uh, yes. So 100%. just put him in, put him yes. in.
1: Um, like all of this sounds so th- much more interesting than the idea of either like recreating Buffy, high school right? teenage girl or continuing the story. Mm-hmm. Cause like mm-hmm. I guess logistically I would be like, okay, so if you're going to continue the story and focus on another Slayer, is Buffy not in mm-hmm. charge? Because she's like, the Slayer, so you'd have to like, pull her in? That's right. just like, that's too much logistic. Sure, you could let's still, go back. let's go in the right, past.
2: Could still pull her in, or just, you know, oh.
1: No, I want this stuff. We got word from Ripper. Buffy.
2: Oh. Buh, <laughs> or Buh, Buh. I want like, no, no, no. I Slayers I want of the past. <laughs> yes.
1: Because mm-hmm. those were always mm-hmm. some of my favorite yes. parts, when, when Buffy and Angel, would fla- like, flashback Spike and Angels, mm-hmm. yes. and Drusilla mm-hmm. and Darla, like their mm-hmm. lives, like when Spike tells her how he kills, yes. shows her, tells her. How he killed those first two Slayers. Uh, we learned oh. about Angel getting his soul. Like, all, oh, I love those. Like, yeah, go back. Mm-hmm. Show me. Show me the past.
0: Oh, yeah. When you know. we see the four of them in the Boxer yes. Rebellion scene that yes. first time, and it's just like, oh, this slaps. Oh, I told it. Like, it was like the first time I watched an interview with a vampire. Ah, yeah. Because, again, Anne Rice didn't intend for it to be as queer as it is. But, ooh, boy, is it queer. And I'm I'm excited for the new series because apparently it's very queer. So, hopefully, they'll lean into And it's much more diverse. But that was the thing. And so, this kind of actually brings me to the first Buffy novel I ever read. Okay. Which um, – it's called Queen of the Slayer. It was released a year and a half after the show ended and takes place. It's the original season eight okay. before the comic came out. Okay. And so essentially what it is, is it starts on the bus after they have passed San Diego. So they're about 45 minutes south uh, wow. of say, okay. Sun- or two hours south of Sunnydale because they've gone past LA and they're figuring out what they want to do and where they can go. Um, they can't because they're just like things are gonna get bad like this we have a momentary and so the whole idea is that the immortal invites them to italy to his giant <laughs> pavilion to live in and so they can start finding these girls because willow and don and buffy are, and giles were just like we can't we can't do this and then not go save these girls because people are going to start coming after mm-hmm. them they're going to smell that layers, they're slayers. they're going to figure it out and it's going to be bad for these you know We have as young as nine, probably, that awoke as slayers and uh, older, you know, depending on. So it's this idea that they're collecting not an army of slayers, but they're bringing them together to create a training academy almost um, of the slayers to keep them safe, but also so that they have a a focal point. And um, then you meet uh, a young Italian slayer from kind of a rural village who was found by these two ancient vampires that have been locked away in paintings um, that were once held in the Vatican, but then stolen by... uh, And so... their ideas. They send her out to start finding slayers as well, and they make it's. It ends up being like the battle of battle of five armies in Lord of the Rings, but it's a slayer army versus a slayer army. Um, but what happens is the immortal is kind of standing back because he's like, I am always in between everything. I'm always on that middle line. Um, but clearly is favoring the side of the slayers just because he sees what's coming. He has that, but they, uh, it coincides with the, the end of the book coincides with the end of angel. Oh. And so the immortal takes her to watch angel, uh, that fight and she can't save anyone. And so pretty much they're just like, everyone dies within a minute of that last frame of angel. Yep. Everyone dies. Um, and so, but there's, there's a weird moment of, um, the spirits of spike and angel come to her and there's this giant magical baby. Like this ethereal thing. It's so dumb. It's so strange, but until that very end, but yeah, it's like faith leading an army and like faith being a general, because that's something faith would be really good at. Um, And um, uh, you know, Kennedy and Willow still having their relationship and things. And so that was kind of the first time I went, Oh, Buffy isn't necessarily the focal point but she's a key part here because they're just like we have to protect you because you are the face of the Slayers now and so people are going to come find you there's going to be a never ending kind of thing and so that was the first time I started thinking of what the full world of this meant so also just beyond the history of it what does a future look like now for all of these girls who were activated who didn't know they were going to be activated like it's it's a great in theory that all of those potentials that were down in that cave you know most of them didn't make it out but like the ones that did they're slayers now great what about the thousands of other girls um and then there was a little it wasn't quite canon it is canon i guess in the realm of things because nancy holder wrote it and nancy holder has written a ton of the buffy books she wrote a bunch of episodes of buffy so she's one of those people that like Fox and Jaws always went. Yeah, or Was it Fox at the end?
1: I guess it was, it was uh, I the WB and then. WB w- at the and end. Then UPN? Um, UPN, UPS? yeah. UPN. It, I can't remember it was UPN the and point and then with WB. the. Yeah, yeah.
2: There was a. There was a. Re, like it was weird. She couldn't be on Angel, but he could be on. Yeah, v- yeah. it was when she. Because her yeah.
1: dying was the end of the run on the WB. <sighs> yeah. And then Buffy lives yes. on UPN. Yeah. Yes.
0: Yep. And so, yeah, and so it was that, that first time where we went, oh, these characters continue, can continue without us having the comic book. And then the first, episode, the first issue of the comic that we got that was, like, not focusing on the main story, uh, where we followed, they, they kept referencing Buffy's decoys. Mm-hmm. And that we have decoy slayers that look like Buffy, so they can fight, they can do whatever. They look like Buffy, but they're essentially kind of like that idea of like Kim Jong Un or or um, Saddam Hussein having lookalikes, so that they could they would be the ones that would get killed. And you do send those slayers out on missions. They referenced, they were like, oh, one of the decoys is with the immortal and uh-huh. Dawn in Italy, and it's like when I read that I went oh it's canon the book is canon oh my god because generally these books are non-canonical but it was really something interesting to also give faith some room to explore and grow and Giles kind of pulling back Andrew was still there which was really funny because there's a um uh there's a uh, oh Andrew and Xander end up on on this little journey together in this book they kind of send everybody off in pairs to kind of realize that it's a worldwide thing in that situation that was one of the first times where i went oh i get how we can have this kind of extended universe that's canon without having to be canon Mm -hmm. um and of course then i started going i need more and that's when i really started reading buffy fan fiction
1: which is
2: the good the bad and the ugly of the (laughs) internet much like
1: anything
0: else
1: (laughs) do you know when that one came the one that about the decoys when that one came out
0: I think it was within the first eight issues. I okay. think it might have been issue nine yeah. because I know there was the arc with eight, and then I believe that yeah. kicked off the ne- the second trade. Okay. Yeah. Um. Because, because w- it's it's the, we're following a slayer who's Under- like, oh, you might think I'm yep. Buffy, but she's underground. underground. Yeah. She's in the tunnels. Yep. And she she's she's just kind of narrating to whoever's listening just to fill in, and she has the offhanded comment of, oh, and one of the Buffy yes. decoys is with yes, yes. the immortal, and I went.
1: That was one of my favorite um, episodes of Angel. Is when yeah. Angel and Spike go to Rome, I believe, for something yes. for Wolfram and Hart, but really they want to go. They they want to get Buffy away from the immortal. But they you see her dancing. Yeah. You don't see her face. It's not Sarah Michelle Gellar. Yeah. Um, but they don't interfere. Oh, that's and, right. I forget yeah. about
2: that. I yeah. love that. Cause well, and it's
1: because obviously in the book
0: she's like there's this very. Nancy Holder, I realize she writes lots of queer things that she doesn't intend to be queer, but she talks about kind of how beautifully androgynous the immortal is at this point. Because the immortal, again, can change whatever about themselves. And so there's this beautiful, like, feminine masculinity to him that, or them, I guess, they used, he, him, at that point. Is it still like 2003, four when this came out? Um, that's like he looks a little bit like a little bit like Spike a little bit like Angel but also like beautifully feminine in many ways and I was just like which again, they set up because Buffy has a girlfriend in the yes. comic. And I went, this is, the, this is the only thing that makes sense to me, honestly, is no one's going to understand Buffy other than one of the other Slayers at that point. Yes. So even if it's not even a sexual thing, she deserves that companionship cool. of somebody that's going to love her unapologetically. And so I love that they also just kind of launched into that in the comic and didn't make a, they didn't make a comment about it. They just presented the couple as being there and said, if y'all don't like it, move on. Yep. And that's something I, again, appreciated because Joss would have never done that. Um, I mean, no, looking he... all the way back to the movie, like, he, he wants her to suffer, and so he's never going to let her succeed or actually be happy. It's what DC was doing with their queer characters for a long time. They can they can get married, they can be there, but they'll never have real happiness. Someone will die, something will happen.
2: Yeah, I mean, he, got, he was actively angry that people found uh season three to be a bisexual awakening like he was like buffy is straight and like every time i rewatch season three it's first like a lot of me laying in the floor yelling how did i not fucking know but also being like how did you not fucking know you grown ass man uh, and that mm-hmm. it, that makes it gross in a lot of ways um but the thing is and, and you know I personally like I know season 7 is controversial. Um I fucking love season 7. I think season 7 I is do too. a great job of tying up the loose ends of the universe. Like there's even this moment where um Anya's friend, excuse me, whose name I'm blanking on, Howfrak? Um, Howfrak? Howfrak? Yeah. Looks at William Lita's, the Bloody yes, and goes, like, hey. oh, "William?" And like it's it's so great. All so everything good. Everybody who's met is so wonderful and also just the way it is. But there's these beautiful moments in that last season with Buffy and Faith again, uh-huh. it's entirely this feeling of love and connection and romance mm. and physically hating each other. Um, mm. I mean, like, to be fair, I get like they've literally been inside of each other's bodies.
1: Mm-hmm. And Buffy's hair was curly because that means <laughs> yep. Buffy. something. Something yep. is off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah.
2: But yeah, it's I I love well, it. There's just yeah. <laughs> well, no, and you can
0: tell that obviously other people were really committed to like Faith as a character and giving one because Eliza yes. Dushku is an incredible performer. Uh-huh. Like, yes. Uh-huh. Dollhouse had a lot of issues, but the performances that she brought to that mm-hmm. show were outstanding. The first episode of that I watched was the one where she was the blind girl in the religious cult. Okay. And it, she she was just so cuz you never get to see as an actress between like True Callings and the other things that she has done she's always strong and badass and this idea that like as she's rebelling against the idea of the dollhouse but that she got to play this really kind of frail and small person as an actress and get to see her explore that side that most people would never cast her in that she just she just is such an amazing performer and it was nice to see that she was allowed to get to kind of kind of her performance muscles in that way and show people that there's so much more to her as a performer because we haven't seen a ton of her recently which is a shame Mm -hmm. but yeah i can't i don't understand how nobody sees faith faith's emergence into season three like as a further queering of the show because like like because bisexuality didn't
2: exist because again willow is you know willow who is sobbing because she still feels love for oz as he leaves is a lesbian what i'm sorry like seriously willow and tara such a good relationship Mm -hmm. but willow is bisexual and that's okay that's okay and kennedy kennedy is a bisexual dream for Willow. So like, yeah. Mm-hmm. It makes yeah. her it makes sense what they did to Tara. It doesn't. But you know, I, but she's not it, the scenes where she's like the uh episode is it him or whatever? It's the episode with the jackets. Yes. In him. season seven. <sighs> yeah. yeah. Where okay. but like she's gonna turn him into a girl, and I'm just like, honey, you're bisexual, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Right. The mm-hmm. thing is, though, is it illegal? Because I can't tell if you're 19 or 29. But that's just <laughs> like, because like, occasionally I have to remind mm-hmm. myself that, you know, Buffy, end of but season seven is like literally, she's, I don't think she's legal to drink. Or if she is, she is barely. I.
0: Well, if she graduated high school in season three, so she's f- possibly 18, 17, 18. So by season four, she is. We're going to assume 18 because Riley is a much older person. Yes. and I don't want to. Yes. So hey, if hey, she's hey. 18, then season seven is then three years after that. So she is maybe yeah. just, just turned 21 also or just remember, before
2: her birthday. She lost six months to right? do the
1: death. So. Oh, That's right. <laughs> yeah. So there's a joke yeah. in, it, yeah. um, in one of, I love this episode when Tara's family comes in season four. Um, definitely some gross stuff in season four, but I really love season four.
2: <laughs> I have a I lot do of favorite
1: too, I, <clears> This great. episode makes
2: me cry every time, so it's like, so absolute good. have to stop because I'm bawling. But yes, please talk about it.
1: It's so good, but like, it's their awful family, and actually, the guy who plays her brother, mm-hmm. I think he's an asshole in everything I've ever seen him in. Like, he's yes. not seeing yeah, something, freaking bad. Yeah. I think, mm-hmm. like, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the very end, they're at the bronze, and Don says something about. Only losers drink and they all look at their cups very guilty. I'm like, you're like 19. What is happening? Yeah, exactly. Oh, you,
0: yes. you know, the bronze, the bronze yeah. barely comes They cards. don't oh, come yeah. on. No, no. We, all, we all wanted a place like the bronze when you yes. Oh, we, well, I in theory did. I did but, not. You know.
1: My mother would have yeah. murdered me. <laughs> oh, 100% would have. Murdered. Oh, mine
0: would have as well. But like, I was at college at that point already being the kind of person my mother would have not liked.
2: So. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. I didn't become that until much later. Sorry, Bob. Um, I don't know I skipped over season 6 this rewatch because Mm -hmm. like I okay season 6 is rough and I do not like anybody who's like I will not watch this I don't you're preaching Mm -hmm. to the choir but if you can give it one shot it is a wonderful very late 90s early aughts look Mm -hmm. at depression Mm -hmm. because the entire Mm -hmm. season is literally about a girl who got ripped from heaven, brought back mm-hmm. to have her, the last adult figure in her life, go. I love you, but I can't be here for you. Mm-hmm. Also, you have to raise a teenage girl. Bye
1: bye. Here's a uh, mortgage and a house that needs repairs. Yes, and,
2: and again, oh. is eighteen yeah, nineteen?
1: Yeah, 19. and so
2: like everything that happens that season makes. For again, for Buffy makes sense. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, mm-hmm.
2: Willow, I understand they wanted a you know addiction, but the magic there, there's ways to explore overusing magic mm-hmm. and using dark magic that doesn't mm-hmm. excuse me equate addiction. Yep, uh, but. That being said, the Buffy arc all the way up to the end where she is crying and laughing in this hole with her sister who is yelling at her about, you know, if you don't want to fucking live, then just fucking go away. And she's like, no, I just had this best breakthrough, honey. We're going to live. Everything's great. And then you immediately watch that first episode of season seven. Again, ignoring all the Willow shit because that is so problematic. That's why I can't watch season six. Um and then you go into season seven where she's so much lighter. She's teaching her mm-hmm. sister how to fight. The whole cell phone conversation. I love it so much. I, like, okay. it is such a beautiful transition. Then again, I don't necessarily recommend watching it.
0: Yeah. yeah. it's. Tough. There are a couple episodes that are great and stand out. Like, Tabula Rasa and Once More with Feelings oh God, yes. are great. Um, even though Tabula Rasa ultimately has a lot of darker connotations oh. to it because of, yes. like, the idea of you're trying to wipe everyone's memory for those things but it also shows again the moment of we don't have to say that it was right but understanding kind of dramaturgically the time it came from this is still like the dare era Mm. this is when we're just like don't be a dope fiend kids and so i would hope that we would tell willow's story very differently Mm -hmm. now um but yeah, season six is hard. I also, when we get to the Buffy spike stuff near the last like three, four episodes, mm-hmm. I that's, yeah, no, that's yep. I just yep. as, as I a think, survivor myself now, yeah. I have a really yeah. hard time with that.
2: I don't think I've ever actually finished that episode. I don't, I may have like, <laughs> like been like, all right, we're as like not sober as we can get to power through this so that I can say I've done it.
1: Yeah. But Yeah.
2: yeah. It definitely skipped no.
1: through because I sometimes I'll let it play well if I'm doing something work related that's like not mm-hmm. yeah. in depth I um, was mm-hmm. so like I'm just gonna fast forward because I know what's coming yeah. so we're just gonna yeah, I'm yeah. just gonna float on by that because I don't I don't need to yeah well but i also think it was really
0: important to give buffy that moment with dawn at the end because it's the one of the it's the only season finale time where buffy isn't there doesn't need to save the day at the end of it that that's not where her skill set is going to be and even though xander had done some questionable things that season as well it wasn't a Mm -hmm. great season for him either um power to anya forever Mm -hmm. um But, like, for him to have that moment at the end, and not that he, as the man is saving Willow, the woman who's addicted, but it's that, uh, I love that yellow crayon speech. (laughs) I had it in my monologue book for a long time as an actor. That's fair. And it was just, it's it's one of those moments. But, again, it's still, like, as a season, especially with, like, Warren, (sighs) like, again, (sighs) how... There was an interviewer where, where he was like, There's so much of Andrew, Jonathan, Warren, and myself talking about Joss. He was like, We all have to work through that. That was me and Young Hollywood. I was like, Again, why red did I not see these flags. red flags? Red flags. Red, yeah. red, red, red flags.
2: Yeah. No, Joss Whedon um, was the first one. I was like, Oh, no, I've seen Dollhouse. That makes sense. Sure. Uh huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, it, mm-hmm. at some point, it was just like, No. No. How yeah. did, yeah, like, and then there was the big surprise about it like a couple years ago that I was like, did we not all know this? Like, Charisma Carpenter's not quiet. Between Charisma mm-hmm. Carpenter and Anya, like, I've come mm-hmm. to learn, especially with this last Buffy rewatch, they've become my idols because Anya speaks her fucking mm-hmm. mind. Yes, she and does. when is she wrong? Like, Never. Mm-hmm. never buddies are terrifying too (laughs) she's just everything it's in in earnest and she at least at one point Mm -hmm. you know it's like guys you have to fucking remember Mm -hmm. i'm over a thousand years old i don't know Mm -hmm. how to process this Mm -hmm. is me processing i'm not an asshole what do you want me to do and Mm It sucks so much that there's so many healthy representations, and surrounded by this like grossness that is Xander quite mm-hmm. a bit, yeah. because like mm-hmm. Xander for me I don't care for Xander uh, like up until this one mm-hmm. moment in season seven which is just a beautiful yeah. dawn moment, <laughs> and he calls her extraordinary and that yes. still breaks me down and makes yeah. me cry every time because yeah. it is what so many people needed to hear. You know, I feel like anybody who watched Buffy all the way through that of this generation was like, yeah, it's okay not to be the special one. We could be okay. Mm-hmm. You know, Xander will approve of us. And now we're like, oh, Xander. We approve of this. Oh, Xander. I don't want I don't, Xander. I used to be
0: like,
1: I want a Xander. And I was like, no, I don't. No, I, don't, I do not want a Xander. I <laughs> no, feel like do do you Josh, know how didn't once say that he yes, was Xander yes. or Xander is him. Like, I feel like he yes, said that at mm-hmm. one point and like mm-hmm. i don't know back then i didn't quite get it but uh, being older and it, to... I'm like oh my god
2: talk spoilers about what happened to him in the comics
0: sure yeah we can absolutely i mean again it's been out the dark horse one yeah. ended like 5 years ago so like people have had a decade <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah, that's yeah fair. no we i mean yeah, And, again you know, i, I haven't read these sure. so
2: everything i know is from reading you know the wikipedia because mm-hmm. i'm so fascinated <laughs> mm-hmm. but you know I, what he gets tormented by anya for a bit which mm-hmm. like fuck it, yep. yes good job great i'm glad anya gets he deserves that. frankly
1: mm-hmm. yep he, um yeah. he does have like so i was, did reread some of them but i didn't reread this set but there is a set of the trades where he's got some serious anger issues i think it's after magic is gone from the world um mm-hmm. like i was flipping through right before this and there's a part where he like Calls for Don and asks her where his eye patch is, and she doesn't answer right away. And so he like punches the wall, and I was like, "Oh right, you go super aggro," and I don't know why. Yeah, in a weird way, because him and Don are together. I'm like, I don't know why she stays with you. Because what is this that we're doing?
2: Also, that's fucking
1: gross to me. It's so so gross gross to me.
2: It's Mm -hmm. so gross. Yeah. Like, to be fair though, now rewatching season seven and like he kisses her forehead at one point, and I'm like,
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Mm-hmm. What's the age? How old is Dawn? Because she's like, like, what's the age so difference? She, I,
2: Dawn is starting high school in season seven, right? So she 13, is fifteen 14? at the oldest. Oldest, mm-hmm. fifteen at the oldest. Okay,
1: and he's we said, assuming
2: that, like, 20. yeah, assuming that whatever happens at the end of season seven happens roughly right. in the spring. She's fifteen, yeah. okay. so he would have been she could be fourteen he, out
1: of. Wait, no. She could be fourteen. No, she would have been.
2: Finishing her freshman year,
1: right? I was fourteen. So at she the could end have of my been. freshman year. I mean,
2: realistic. She's two.
1: Let's right. remember, she's fucking two. <laughs> she's a baby, and he's known her yeah, in air quotes, um, but in his memories, ever as so long as he's known Buffy, that's yeah. been Buffy's kid sister. So, like, if they had met outside of that, it would be like, oh, you're like six, seven, whatever. I didn't do the math. I don't a part know. that's fine. But so, like, yeah, okay, what is
2: realistically the math before I say anything?
1: So well, if she's fifteen, we'll be like really giving. If she's fifteen and he's like twenty, maybe twenty-one, maybe twenty-two, depending on how old he was when he started school.
2: So yeah. So real talk, real talk. Mm I my what my high school bestie had an older brother. He was fucking gorgeous, still a very handsome man. If you're listening, you're still great. (laughs) Your kids are also cute too. Um. Anyways. Same age gap, but also, like, never, like, I think he remembered me at her wedding, and that was like, oh, hey, that's great. I don't ever expect you to, like, yeah, that's fine. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That kind of vibe. So, not even having that closeness. But I remember having that crush. Um, So, like, it's it's not quite icky, because I still, like, it's still Mm -hmm. within an age range I would date, but it is weird. Mm -hmm. Be like... You could have been listening in our sleepovers. Yeah. I think we all crashed yeah. in your bed at one point. I know how much alcohol you drink because we drank a bottle of vodka, didn't get tipsy <laughs> at all, and that's when we found out how much water you put into it beforehand. <laughs> yeah. I love that.
0: <laughs> there, yeah, there there's those few things in the comics where I just go, mmm okay i can say, also i can because after a while lots of people cross through and you're not having the same people consistently right kind of that was the one nice thing about joss he kind of had the same 10 people write the whole show with him so everybody kind of totally understood though there was a why i think my favorite parts of the buffy comic were when Patton oswald was the show like he was the showrunner for dark horse oh, for them for a little bit and that, that was kind of yeah, I think it was, like, the third and fourth arc okay. he did. Like Interesting. It th- th- was probably season nine and ten he okay. did. Because um, he did all of the Firefly and Serenity stuff oh, for Joss okay. for okay. the comics. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he even just did the one that's about Zoe and Wash's kid and an older Zoe that's just ran in the oh. comics. Okay. Um, oh, yeah, because they, they, they were, like, that idea that he's, like, 16 and picks up right where... Right. You know, he takes up the family business, (laughs) which I love. Um, We have to get that. But but it's, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, it is one of those things that like Xander ultimately wasn't going to end up like, you've got people who have faults in their past and have been atoning for it. Like Giles Mm -hmm. or life and people, but like people like Andrew and Xander, ultimately in the end of the day, they're not good enough. Like humans, like soulful enough humans to quantify making it through multiple end of the world situations when you're like out helping run this like team mm-hmm. like this thing and so just like Xander does a lot of shitty stuff on the show that continues to catch up with him like the only like I would love to see certain cameos come back but I would love to see a couple if we get that anthology series Emma Caulfield come back for a couple of them yes. as Anya just because she deserves the world yep. yes. after being literally killed in a split second uh-huh. when she yes. showed up on Once Upon a Time
2: Oh my God,
0: yes. As the Hansel and Gretel witch, I screamed. (laughs) I tweeted at her. I cried. I was so excited. (laughs) I
2: just. uh, It breaks my heart she is not done. Like, I've watched Mm -hmm. a lot that she's done, but like, I hope the fact that she's not just such a brilliant character actress and everything is her choice. Mm -hmm. Because she has so much range. Mm-hmm. just in that
0: like
2: just in Anya that it's like
0: mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh Anya has one of the best art like arcs on mm-hmm. the show yes. like absolutely. Yes. You know I mean it's it's also one of those things that like Charisma Carpenter deserves everything in the world and oh, better yes. like oh oh, her on Veronica Mars though loved
2: <laughs> yes. it.
0: Both yes. her and Allison Hannigan on Veronica Mars were yes. chef's kiss. Chef's chef's kiss um but talking about cordelia there's just one more one more book that i want to bring up that is just my absolute favorite and actually sets the tone for kind of what i look for now in extended universe stuff or like a story it's called the book of fours um it takes place at the near the end of season three so like school the school thing has not happened yet or it's happened just after it's one of these two things but it is um I forget kind of what demon is coming, but there's this axe they have to find, and um, all these things. Cordelia, it's and Cordelia is still there, so she's a big part of the story. But Faith is there as well. Um, but what ends up happening is the only way to defeat this evil. It's a oh, it's a oh oh it's a zombie story. It's a zombie queen story. Like she's from Marie. She's like uh, Marie, Marie LeBeau is in it at one point. Um, <laughs> and so it's like a zombie queen and her zombie horde and they're having to come and the only way to defeat them is to have these kind of four aspects of this weapon held by four slayers that's never going to happen so what ends up happening is Giles and Willow find the spell and they're able to conjure uh, um, The uh, they're led by the spirit of Lucy who is the Civil War Slayer and that's where I found her and she is So much my favorite. She's incredible. But what happens is, they have to summon the souls of Kendra, and uh, bringing Kendra back and putting Kendra in Kendra into uh, Cordelia's body because when you were when you take when you take the like soul and spirit of a slayer you were imbibed with all of her power it cannot last long or they permanently take the soul over oh. kind of a deal because it's the the whole demon attached thing gotcha. makes the slayer and then we meet India who is the slayer that died for Buffy to be summoned
2: oh who, oh cool
0: yeah I like uh, that and so she yes she is another California like she was in like San Diego or something so like Really close to Buffy, like they were. They could have been peers. She looked similar to Buffy um, in meeting her. Uh, uh, oh, and Merrick. Merrick oh. is her sl- Merrick is her watcher. Okay. So they reference Merrick, who is the Donald okay. Sutherland yeah. character yeah. in the. But they age him down. He's very handsome. Those kinds of things. <laughs> um, and of course, they do a thing where I think he's in love with her. But he was also like nineteen. Like he was a nineteen-year-old watcher. Like he had just gotten. Like, they really age him down, but they name him Merrick. Um, but there's this really cool battle where Willow is India, Cordelia is is um, Kendra, and then Faith and Buffy are there with this kind of axe fighting this, like, zombie queen. And it's a huge book. It was one of those when they were releasing things in, like, four or five volumes as novels mm-hmm. over a couple months. Um, it's in the same... Let me... I've got the wiki up here. It They were extending... They were kind of creating their own multiverse of... Um, of things, and so it exists in the same, um, the same Buffy universe as the Gatekeeper trilogy, the Immortal book, which was about the Mortal, and then the history of Spike and Drusella called All Pretty Maids in a Row. They all exist in the same continuity, okay. um, and then we also get India's story in the Tales of the Slayer Volume Three and Volume Four, uh, called The Code of the Samurai. Um, and India is actually a great great slayer i wish we got more of her um just because she is just a smidge older than buffy in a lot of those ways and so it's it it was just phenomenal i love lucy she this because there's a shots where they like get the visions so so it's the first time that like cordelia and willow understand the visions of the past layers buffy's getting them like she did before um and so watching lucy run out into the uh civil war battlefield with hoop skirts on rip them off and her hoop skirt is just laden with weapons (laughs) and so she's out in bloomers and half a cage skirt like fighting vampires that's it's wonderful. a chef's kiss and it's again it I, I think it just further cements that idea that like give us an anthology style series of these other things or continue to write these mm-hmm. books i'm fine with never having visual media but just having books of things i'm honestly fine with that because uh, existing in a world like buffy and and these characters just kind of makes me happy uh <laughs> despite their flaws and again a, not all of buffy is aged well and Joss Whedon is a total trash bag who should never be allowed to touch anything ever again Um, but they're you know they're just still some performers that have I don't think they ever got the proper respect because Joss became so famous and anyone will believe what men says about other people and it predominantly is women who were really negatively affected by
1: what he said
0: and it's a fuck it is a fucking crime it's an absolute crime but uh, yeah yeah I, you know, so it's just one of those things. I've actually ordered both of those books and reread them for this, just because I was like, "Oh, I just have such a good memory of these, and I love them so much."
1: And I'm gonna have to it's get just, them. That's just what I want. Yeah. Oh,
0: I I think. I, I could not find them like in my mm-hmm. used bookstores here uh, so I did have to buy them on Amazon but I think I paid $1.99 for one of them and a dollar for okay. the other one and the $4 shipping yeah. uh, nice. well, well 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 worth, worth it. it well worth <laughs> it they're both yeah and because I've read some other ones that are just absolute dribble there's a couple good ones where Oz comes back um, oh, wonderful! which is oh Oz is in Queen of the Slayers Oz <laughs> brings all of the werewolves from Tibet Oh, oh nice. in Queen of the Slayers to help okay. them that's what I forgot yeah so they have that like oz has gone to tibet and there's like a monastery of tibetan of buddhist monks who all are werewolves um and that's where they learn to kind of control the wolf and so Mm -hmm. they can they can shift without the moon um but also the moon doesn't control them in the way they do it just kind of and it also kind of fits for oz's character um but yeah willow has to go ask oz to come help them So, uh, it's really great. Uh, but, yeah, but awesome. uh, kind of, one of my last thoughts to that is, I uh, for someone who apparently does not believe that bisexuality exists, wrote one of the most bisexual shows in all of <laughs> know, history. Right? Because, <laughs> also, Spike and Xander, when Spike has no voice for a lot of that time... <laughs> oh, hush. I mean, yeah, and yeah. hush. But also, when, like, Spike has to, like, be tied up and live with Xander, like, clearly... Some angry bisexual tension between those two. <laughs> clearly. Xander's clearly always been bi. He's always a little too jealous of Angel. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, 100%. It makes sense why Xander becomes a vampire in in uh, a different version of their universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, Willow really makes sense because she's just an easy target. with Xander, I feel like he kind of willingly would go. Or Willow. <laughs> uh, well, I'll, and I also love it. It's like early pink, pink sweater Willow, yeah. too. Just. Precious, being barely, barely floating, uh, barely floating, uh, <laughs> a pencil willow, and then
1: leather clad. Van and then blur. leather uh,
0: clearly the first time that we knew like clearly that we had to have known that something was going to happen to Willow cuz that's the moment Willow Rosenberg realizes she's bisexual yes. for herself yes. that is the moment yes. uh uh and again it is it, every time somebody brings it up i'm just like buffy is bisexual eraser but we have to uh, we have to embrace it uh because like we have to talk about it with bisexuality because, it, you know, it's why talking beyond binary is so important now in so many ways. So, I just, it has its problems, but I'm so thankful for I it. I
1: think the next time I do a rewatch, I'm going to totally watch it with the lens of Xander and his angry bisexuality. Because <laughs> that may make it better. Yeah. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. That we'll may make it. it better. It may make it better. I mean, he's still... <laughs> it may make it, a, yeah. He's,
1: there's uh, Sometimes I'm just like, God, like i've complained to my partner about xander it's like he has not watched any of this but like everyone else learns how to be useful xander just gets knocked out or thrown off camera at the beginning of every single fight and they have to go save him one time he saves the world one time and it's because it's willow if it was someone else he wouldn't have stood a chance and then he has that one good speech (laughs) with Don in uh season seven yes yes otherwise he is freaking garbage yeah
0: I mean, and everybody's given Giles googly eyes at some point, oh, even all oh the men. God. Even Wesley, even, even, even confused little Wesley, Andrew specifically. The fact that Andrew oh, yeah. was not canonically gay, even yeah. though Tom Link, who plays him, is canonically gay. Hold on, I thought, um, it,
2: I eventually,
0: thought he was in
1: the comics. Eventually yeah. he comes out. In the yeah.
0: comics he is, yeah. Oh, yeah, eventually in the
2: show. In the comics but when he's on yes, Angel. In the show, if he had no, been gay, yeah. he would have been killed.
1: That episode yeah. of... Oh, of course, yeah. The episode of Angel where they go to Rome. They don't see, but they don't talk to mm-hmm. Buffy, but they talk to andrew and he ends the episode by going out with two beautiful women on each arm and i was just like and he says something about people can change like i have and then he leaves with i think it's two women and i'm like no <laughs> what the fuck
0: no, is this i'm sorry no. sweaty i'm sorry that's not correct <laughs> <laughs> that is not correct not at all not at all so, for anybody who maybe hasn't thought beyond exploring the canonical seven seasons of Buffy, what would you all both say to people as they're looking to explore this twenty-fifth anniversary of Buffy and kind of revisiting <laughs> all of the aspects of it? What would you say to those people? I would. I know I'm asking so much of you <gasps> this episode.
2: No, no, no. I, don't know. I, uh, I still think Buffy. I mean, like, I, I respect anybody who's not going to do it because. Joss is problematic, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to put that out there first. But uh, Buffy is response, I mean, is kind of, unfortunately, but also fortunately, a starting point of a lot of modern feminism Mm -hmm. and how modern characters are played. And if you are someone who wants to, like, if you are someone who wants to culturally understand things, Buffy has to be something that you at least are very aware of um and i think that the new comics do a good job right off the bat of correcting some things i'm not very far into them I'm about six episodes or six issues in um, but i do know how like the first 20 kind of go mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and it's refreshing it's mm-hmm. queer right off the bat mm-hmm. um And Giles is still so fucking hot. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And also the covers are amazing. Like if you have not seen. Stunning. Yes. I have so many single issues of Buffy and Trades because like the covers, because they'll have just like a Giles and then vampire Giles. And like, Mm -hmm. you kind of need both. Right.
1: And like, as you can see, mm -hmm. I I own (laughs) the Jen
2: uh, Mm -hmm. a cover print of. goddess. um, God, and she yes. I love yes. her work.
0: I love yes. her work. Same. I have. I need. I need to buy her Dazzler print
2: so
1: bad. These I just three. Need <laughs> these three
2: are hers. So.
1: Oh, she's yeah. so great. Yes. How about you, Steph? Um, same disclaimer about Joss Whedon because it has to be said. <laughs> but if you did want to continue, or if you just like, if you like, if you like watching Buffy and you like the world and want to get lost in the world, I would say 100% do the comics. Mm-hmm. I have only done the Dark Horse through season. I think it ended. It was mm-hmm. season 12. Um Mm -hmm. I've only done those. I did also do there's I think five, maybe six trades continuing Angel. It's like Angel Mm -hmm. after the fall. Um Mm -hmm. LA gets sucked into hell and then somehow they get out of hell. So Angel, Spike (laughs) and Illyria are alive, but I don't remember how (laughs) And then There's like the Angel and Faith comics where they go off together to do mm-hmm. some things that I also fell off of, but like talking about mm-hmm. it with you guys now, I'm like, yeah, I gotta, I gotta go back and finish those and like get the Giles. Well, actually, do I have the Giles? Wall? Oh, and the
0: Giles. Well, the Giles and Faith comics yeah. are tremendous. Okay. They're 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 the standout for me, and I just. Um, Boom released the 25th anniversary Buffy comic. Mm -hmm. It has five solo issues within it. It's $10. Um, It's very good. And everyone's in a different art style. There's even one calling back to the very first like couple dark horse Mm -hmm. comics from like 1999 that are kind of really rough animated. And so that one I definitely recommend. And then... um, uh, yeah, they just finished, or they just started Buffy the Last Vampire Slayer, okay. which is going to kind of wrap up their version of uh, Buffy as an older person yeah. um, kind of going through. So it's uh, I, Boom just does so many good things between like Lumberjanes and Power Rangers, and I just, I I love Boom. Boom, if you're out there listening, we love you. <laughs> Thank you. I yeah,
2: no, Boom, Bolt, and, uh, uh, and there's a third one that I'm totally blanking on, but yeah, just like If you feel the need to get away from the big three, those are Mm -hmm. fucking great houses.
1: Plus, like, okay, so I haven't read Tales of the Slayer, but you talking about it, I was like, I'm sold. I need these. I need these. Go yeah. grab them.
0: Go grab them right now. I think you can grab bundles of like all four yeah. of them together. Um, to. Also, if you have a Books a Million near you, they always have them in the like two ninety nine buy up there. Like they buy up the publishers' boxes of books. Okay. Um, also, for anyone who ha- loves Buffy and has smaller children, they have recently written a Buffy kids book that it's Buffy Xander, and Willow in elementary school together teaching Aww. principles of like f- teaching principles of like feminism like modern feminism through Buffy Perfect. to kids and you it is, it is beautiful it's beautifully <laughs> a- it's beautifully drawn it's so
1: cute um and it Send looks so darling. <laughs> cuz i 100% need that for my future kid yeah, because no, like i need to do. Yes, yes. do.
2: i need to put together a a, a present for you so that going <laughs> Thank going on the you. list
1: 'Cause we're having a boy I and we are not it. raising a Xander, so let's just no. get that straight. No, absolutely <laughs> not. No,
0: no, no. I also I don't secretly know. want a um I want a one off series about uh, a trans female slayer just to be right. like everyone always said she, everybody said she's not a real girl but clearly she got summoned as a slayer so she is yes. very much a real girl yes. just because that's like transness <laughs> is the one thing that still misses from that is still missing from the comics and mm-hmm. kind of the buffy universe in many ways and that is the one story that i think could because like they just did the the willow's daughter book series Ooh. like they they've got the book out that's yeah, it's I don't know much about it. It's kind of fan fiction that's been published like it's by one of the big publishers, but like that to me would fit really nicely in that world if we want to continue those like a uh, uh, all ages novel. Wow. Um, well. That that is the slayer uh, that is the slayer story I'm waiting for. Yes.
2: Stephanie and I can recommend a book for you to read that would probably <sighs> just scratch do. that itch for you. Please do. Uh Cemetery Boys. <laughs>
0: It's oh, yes, it's on my list. So it's literally, yeah, I just... It's so good. So, I, so I've i been bad. sitting on the first three volumes of Heart Stoppers for about six months. That's fair. And That's then fair. I, I got uh, volume four when it came out. And then yesterday was the worst day I've had since uh, I had kind of a life-altering medical diagnosis a couple months ago. And so oh, I uh finally came home and said this is the night this is happening and uh cut to two hours later i'm finished with volume two like cooing in my own bed trying not to cry from happiness and going (laughs) Okay, and so I just finished Carry On and Wayward Sons. And so I also was like, Cemetery Boys is the next thing on my like queer YA novel list. So that is, it's being ordered or bought this week. So it's, I love that you (laughs) you recommend that because that is exactly where I'm going next. So have you read
2: the third one? Because I've read Carry On and Wayward Sons. I haven't read the third one, but I haven't heard great things. I have a little hesitance.
0: I haven't yet. I do love what Rainbow does. I think, uh, great writer but i hadn't picked it up but i was planning to there was one of the books i have like a list of like 10 books that i want to pick up from my local places in town because support your local book dealers yes. support your local book dealers oh my god uh, i just so, had so
2: many amazing books that i was so excited for just like drop uh, yesterday I love it's that. wednesday so like and i so i bought three yeah i bought three. Uh, two of which I know for sure are queer. One of which is probably queer because it's Sean and McGuire, but probably is also just gonna be trippy yep. as is. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, queer literature, go support. It's so much fun. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Anyways, it is so
0: much fun, and it's 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 a shame that we still have to say that so many queer bodies and queer POC bodies are still like have not been represented in mainstream written words. So like, come on, let's get with it, people. It is 2022. We have nothing left to lose. Literally start the revolution. (laughs) Write more queer stories. Good Lord. (laughs) Thank you both so much for being on the show. Where can people find you all on the internet where you would like them to find you?
1: You can find us at judging book covers podcast or JBC podcast on Instagram, Facebook, um, we're coming out monthly now, although we we kind of missed April. Yeah. That was my fault. I'm sorry. But uh, it was <laughs> not just you. Don't worry. Don't worry. It was not just you. Love yeah. you dearly. Thank it was you. not just you. Uh, <laughs> we are glad you were feeling better, though. Thank you. Thank you. But yes, check us out there. And Megan, I think you have a couple other things. That like
2: to... Oh, God. Yeah. Okay. Um, so <laughs> this is like literally the first time. So I, I've been cracking myself this, up this week. So I have not host or co-hosted slash done a podcast that isn't fictional since our last time we did JBC, which might've been February, um, maybe early March. Anyways, um, this is, so I have actually been spending, um, the first quarter of 2022 producing and putting together a podcast called Once Upon a Monster of the Week. This is literally the first time I'm promoting it by voice. Um, So, the elevator pitch for anybody interested is that it is a Monster of the Week tabletop RPG condensed into audio drama format. We are bi-weekly. There is it is currently a cast of 14 people. Um, The and with just like if you love Ted Lasso, we've got someone for you. If you love what we do in the shadows, we've got someone for you. Like if you love Gravity Fall like it it just like so much of it is already like we're ready to protect these people. But anyways, it is about a small town called Reddington that is in the Northeast that has some weird shit going on. And if you like Buffy and the kind of vibe that Buffy has, where it is literally that prom episode where they go, you know, we know shit happens. (laughs) We don't talk about it, but we know (laughs) thank you for saving us. Even though we're going to try to murder you in two years. Bye bye. Um, Yeah, what the
1: fuck, Jonathan?
2: (laughs) Right? Jonathan's the fucking worst.
1: (laughs) Fucking worst. Anyways, if
2: you like that vibe of a town, please give us a check. Like, just please check it out. It is so queer, and we're just having so much fucking fun. So, yeah i got to condense also,
0: that, but I love it. Uh, also, Meg uh, was part of a great podcast that I love because I love animals called Minds at Yerk, so you yes. have to check that one out as well.
2: What's funny well, is, actually, we have an episode. I'm After this, I'm actually hopping on to do an episode with Alex and Chris Grine because Chris has a new comic coming out, uh, The Camp Whatever, Volume 2. Um, and, yeah, so we're, we read it. We're going to go talk about it. Um, and, again, if you, like monsters and shit uh it is an all-age comic that is about a 13 year old girl going to summer camp um where bigfoot lives and it is i love that uh, the main character is deaf um, and there are literal like all sorts of monsters it's just such great representation and i just love it so fucking much so yes we're actually recording another episode uh, but yeah if you like Dana morphs go check it out <laughs>
0: Uh, Amazing. Well, thank you both for being on the show. I will see you next time.
1: Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Have you ever seen something in a theater that you
0: just couldn't explain? Or have you ever thought about if dying really ain't that bad? And do you spend sleepless nights wondering exactly what happened in Natalie Wood that night on the boat? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then it's time for you to exit stage death. Exit Stage Death is the chilling true stories behind your favorite Broadway shows. Releasing bi-weekly on Tuesday, starting May 24th. So if you want to find out which Broadway house is the most haunted...
2: Talk about what killed our favorite Broadway flops.
0: And learn about the murderous path of Mama Rose that took Gypsy Rose Lee to stardom. It's time for Places Actors. Thank Thank you, you, Places. places. It's time to exit stage death. Saturday Morning Confidential is brought to you by Dreamer Productions and is a proud member of the Certain POV Podcast Network. You can find us on Facebook at Saturday Morning Confidential, on Instagram at SMC Pod, and on Twitter at The SMC Podcast. You can find all the shows that Certain POV has to offer at CertainPOV.com or also on Patreon at Dreamer Productions, where your donation of only $2 a month keeps constant programming coming in and supporting our new shows as we go throughout 2022. Now, join us again next time for another deep dive into the files of Saturday Morning Confidential.
2: CPOV
1: CertainPOV.com